Welcome to Ocean Hills Covenant Church at the Marjorie Luke Theater. Regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey, we welcome you. We are all about loving God and loving one another and extending His love to people all around the world. Emergency exits are located throughout the theater. All exits are clearly marked with a green illuminated exit sign. Help us keep this historical landmark clean. And remember, there is no food or drink allowed in the theater. Thank you. Happy Easter! when you say he is risen indeed he is risen we are here to celebrate we are easter people we are resurrection people this morning we get to declare that he's brought us from death into life from fear into hope from shame into joy let's stand and sing together here we go Satan fall like lightning, and I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Yes, I do. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. Oh, my praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm testified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Sons and daughters, caught with blood and washed in water, sing the praises of the Spirit, Son. 
finish what he started. Yes, he will. Our God will finish what he started. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'll testify. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Oh 
Resurrection, resurrection hope. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's try that again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right, you can have a seat. Happy Easter, everybody. So good to be here this morning. I'm Jono. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to thank you for spending your Easter morning with us. It truly is one of the greatest celebrations of the year. So thank you for being here. You ready to have some fun? Right. My name is Delaney, and I'm the director of Ocean Hills Youth High School. And one of my favorite Easter, thank you, one of my favorite Easter morning memories is collecting Easter eggs with my little brother. And we don't have time for an Easter egg hunt, but underneath two of your seats, we have two Blenders gift yes. cards. So on the count of three, look check under your, your seat. seats. One, check two, under your three. seats. There's a taped uh, little card. Maybe you could we'll bring the house lights up for this. 
Anybody? Where Stand up. It? Anybody find one? It's a Do piece of black one? tape right around here. You might have to look under another, another seat. Nobody Anyone? yet. Nobody. Back there in the back. In the Somebody. back. Somebody. You might have to stand up. There's a piece of black tape. You got to rip it off. I promise it's out there. I have I have 104 and 110. N104 Whoa! and F. 110. There Whoa! we go. Right here. Oh, what? in the back. N104. Anybody back there? N104. Anybody. This is way harder than I thought it would be. Oh, there we go. Whoa! Awesome. Hey. Woo. Hey, well, we do. Uh, we really value having a good time here at Ocean Hills having fun together. We value connection and relationships. You got a program when you came in. Everybody got that? Just wave that up there for me. Um, and we, we hope that you would feel connected when you come to Ocean Hills. This is a spiritual family, and we really want every person to be connected, to be known, and to know they are loved. And so if you would fill out that connection card, if you're newer with us, we'd love to have your name and you can get on our, our uh, email list and get connected to what's going on. And there's lots of ways to jump in on your program. And if, you are, if you're a local and you're newer and you want to know more about Ocean Hills, we have a little gift for you outside. We'd love to put a name to the face. So come out to the Connect Stand and, uh, and just chat with us for a minute. And um, we got a great gift for you. Yes, we are going to bribe you to talk to us. Um, so uh, just, just fill that out. And we also, on the back of that connection card, there is a, a place to put prayer requests. And we'd love for you to pray. We'd love to pray for you and for whatever's going on in your life. If it's something to celebrate or something you need help with, we want to be connected in that way. So you can drop those cards in the box on the way out. Yeah, and in a world where it can seem like hope is sparse and few and far between, I'm so grateful for a church that partners with God to build hope onto this world. Over spring break, I had the joy of serving alongside so many of you, high school students, families, junior hires, men and women in this God family on our More Mexico outreach trip in Tijuana. Woo! We built three houses for three families. Hope was built. My team had the privilege of building a home for the Vega Cabral family. Handing over their new home keys, the family's matriarch, Carmen, had tears in her eyes. She had been praying for five years to God for a new home. Five years she'd been holding on to hope. Five years later, God answered her prayer and invited us into his building project. Hope is being built out into this world and into our community. And as our high school youth director, I get a front row seat of how God is building hope in and through our incredible students. Students are finding belonging. They're discovering what they believe. Our community of amazing volunteer leaders and awesome high school students are becoming people wholeheartedly following Jesus with love in action. And I've been blown away by our high school students' sacrificial living this spring through their involvement with the Moore and Team World Vision. That's right. We love to lead people into environments and experiences and life-giving relationships that will help them follow Jesus and know Jesus in a deeper way. And Team World Vision was another one of those. Just happened a few weeks ago. We had uh, people running and riding long distances for clean water. It was an incredible experience, exhausting, uh, you might say. And we raised uh, enough money to give 2,700 kids clean water for life. Wow. So let's just praise God for that. 
so awesome uh, that we get to do this. And one of my favorite stories from Team World Vision Weekend was Noelle and Sue. Noelle and Sue are people in totally different life stages, a, a young mother and an empty nester. And they would be very unlikely friends and unlikely to come together. And they started running together as they were training for the half marathon. And I just love to see them every week after week on Saturday morning. Um, they would connect and they would, they would just grow their friendship. And over time, they had such a beautiful friendship that grew out of that. And uh, it was just such a, a testimony to me of unlikely friendships that that's what happens in a, in a place like this, in a church like ours. We love to see unlikely friendships happen where you get outside your bubble and just your tight little circle and you get to meet people and your life is enriched and God uses that in really powerful ways. So that was just a beautiful story of Team World Vision. And uh, it's because of, of you that these experiences are possible because of your generosity. So thank you for giving. If you want to to give to the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God come more deeply through Ocean Hills, we invite you to be a giver today. We believe that God has blessed us so abundantly so that we can be a blessing to this world and this city and our neighbors. So uh, you can, uh, there's a giving QR code on your program or you can drop uh, your offerings in the, in the back of the box as you leave. We're going to uh, have a prayer uh, right now. We're going to pray together, and then Jeff Atlas, our church chair, is going to read the Easter story for us as we continue to worship. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for that early Sunday morning story, that first Easter when the woman found that empty grave, when God's love was let loose in this world. We see that you are making all things new. Yes, all things new. Sprouts of hope emerging from the ground, gardens of new life, resurrected life. Thank you for the greatest story ever told. Draw us into your hope, Jesus, making all things new. Amen. Good morning. I'll be reading from John chapter 20, verses 11 through 20. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw the two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. She toward, turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with this news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time? We're just going to settle our hearts and reflect on how God is so much bigger than sometimes we dream him to be.
I want to lead us in a prayer, a pastoral prayer. Makes me think of um, all that's going on in the world. Now, without being a, a creepy person, maybe just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. You have no idea what they came carrying today. And as I pray, with as much faith as you can muster, maybe you just quietly pray a blessing over the person that you have your hand on. Let me pray for us. Good and gracious God, our world, our world is filled with so much struggle. We're just so mindful of people in our country that are struggling and suffering from the tornadoes, the mass shootings, from mental health crisis. And Jesus, today, as we celebrate your resurrection, as we celebrate your power of life over death, we pray for help. We pray for healing. We pray for freedom and forgiveness, for strength for the weak, for peace for those stressed out, for resources for those who've lost their homes and children. God, we ask that the God of new morning mercies, the God of scandalous grace, that you would fall on this world, that you would shine your light in the darkest places, and that you would make a difference right here in this space this morning. God, give us ears to hear you. Give us eyes to see you. Give us hearts that are humble, that are willing to be responsive, that when we hear your voice, we won't harden our hearts, but we'll turn towards you. That's my prayer for each and every one of us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome, everybody. My name is John Ireland. I get to be one of the staff people here, the pastor. Welcome to our online community. Not only those that uh, are in Denver, I know some people that are actually a few blocks away this morning. Why aren't you in the building, but you decided to stay at home online? No shame there. Welcome to you as well. I read a quote uh, that I want to start with this morning. It's a quote that many of you have heard of. It's from A.W. Tozer, a terrific author. If you haven't read his books, um, The Pursuit of God, Knowledge of the Holy, both are great books. But he writes this. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Now just, I don't know where you're at with God this morning, where you're at spiritually, but just soak in that for a moment. What comes into your mind when you think about God? It's the most important thing about you because it impacts the way that you live, the choices you make, the commitments you make, the way you choose to love or not love. But then I love C.S. Lewis. He actually kind of comes back and challenges that quote. And he says this. He says, actually, how we think 
God thinks about us is infinitely more important. So just hold on to that for a second. How you think that God thinks about you. C.S. Lewis is saying that's the game changer. That's what's infinitely more important, not how you think about God, but how you think God thinks about you. Loser, fallen one, sinner, whatever it is, he's saying how you think about how God thinks about you. So, it's how we think about God. Is that the most important thing about us or how we think about how God thinks about us? Well, I'm going to take you on a journey this Easter morning and hopefully kind of address both of those. In the gospel story of John chapter 20 that Jeff read for us, when Mary, not Jesus's mother, but Mary, the one who was freed up. She had seven demons cast out of her. She was struggling, tormented by a whole lot of things, but the scriptures say tormented by demons, and she was set free. She became a close friend of Jesus, and when she discovered that Jesus was raised from the dead, I don't know if you caught this, but she called him teacher, teacher, and she reached out to embrace him, the scriptures say. And then Jesus said a very strange thing back to her. I don't know if you caught it, but Jesus said this to her, don't hold on to me. Don't cling to me, some translations say. Don't hold on to me. And I love Craig Barnes, former president of Princeton Seminary, he, he said this about this little interaction. He said, following Jesus is a journey of losing the Jesus we want to hold on to, only to discover a Jesus who is so much bigger and so much better than we think. Mary put Jesus in a box. From her perspective, in that moment, he was teacher. In fact, before that, it was, I think he might be the gardener. Did you, read, did you catch that? And I wonder this morning, from your vantage point, from your seat, from where you are in your life, your situation, your current season of life, how would you describe Jesus? Who, from your perspective, is the Jesus of Easter? Gardener? Great teacher? Inspirational religious figure? Actually, I came up with a list, collaborated with some friends. Different boxes. Notice the stage. We have boxes. A subliminal message of the boxes that we put Jesus into distorted images of God, limited perspective of who Jesus really is. What box have you put Jesus in? Where have you limited Jesus and God in your life? Psalm 78, the people of Israel, it says in the New King James Vision, uh, Version, they limited him. 
Where have you limited Jesus? Let me give you some, some examples here of, of maybe where you and where I have put Jesus in a box. How about Jesus, the old outdated great-grandpa? This kind of God is handed down to us from our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, not a God who we actually know personally. He's kind of tired. I mean, he is old. <laughs> Emotionally distant. Hard of hearing when we pray, we imagine him going, what? Huh? Huh? He forgets our name. He seems out of touch. This God and, and the Bible, his scripture, his word, written so long ago, kind of irrelevant and out of touch, this Jesus, the old, outdated great-grandpa. I wonder if some of us this morning have walked into Easter Sunday church with this limited perspective. We put him in a box. But what about Jesus, the, here's another one, Jesus, the non-judgmental drinking buddy. He really doesn't care how we act. It's all good. It's all good. It's all. Oh. Oh, Johnny I. How are you, man? Haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, hey. Hey, Jesus. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, just floating around. Just floating around. Wow. Hey, I, I, um, God, just seeing you here in Easter, it's been a while. Oh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Good to see you again, though. Yeah, been yeah. a minute for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Been a lot longer for me. True. But it's all good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything I hear about you, it's just all good. Oh, it is all good all yeah. the time. What's going on with you? Well, uh, yeah, God, so many things. Um, super busy right oh, now. Yeah, I bet. And so I, bet. I, I just apologize in advance. It's been a long time since I've been in a place like this, you know. Oh, all good. Hey, did you, were you the guy that raised your hand in like fourth grade summer camp so that I was, could be in your heart? That was me. That, that was a phase I went through, but I'm hoping it sticks for some hell insurance. Oh, well, then you're good, man. Don't worry good, about all it. All right, right You on. don't need to come on Sunday. You're okay. good. I'm good? Yeah. All right. I don't love worry it. about Thank it. Thank you. And, and, and maybe a couple other things I'm just thinking of. I've been feeling a little, I don't know if it's shame or guilt, but... Lay it on me. Um, last, last night... Uh-huh. Um, little road rage. Guy oh. cut me off. Oh. I just flipped him off. Oh. I was just like, I oh. was so ticked. I'm like, dude, don't do, who drives that way? Yeah. But I've been just, I, 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 I chased him. I, I literally chased oh, him down, made sure he could see oh. me. And then I oh, had it's this. getting spicy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had an aha moment, Jesus. Like, oh, yeah. uh oh, maybe this isn't who I should be, but. You know what, Johnny? He probably deserved it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jesus. It's all good, all right, brother. Jesus, Don't worry about it, man. Okay. It's all good. All right. Then maybe since it's all good, I could just bring up, you know, I've been married a long time. but um, Good for you. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> but just wait for what I'm about to tell you. Oh. Um, I think I met my soulmate, and it's, oh. it's not my wife. And I, I feel bad about it, but I feel like you brought her into my life. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking maybe God just brought this woman into my life. I, well, well, does it make you feel good? Oh, so good, bro. Are you happy? I'm so happy. Then bro. I'm happy. Me too, bro. Right on, man. I love this. I All love right. you, Jesus. Yeah, good to see you, brother. I'll All see right. you around. All right, man. See ya. 
thought we might be able to hear a pin drop after that one. What about Jesus, the nameless and faceless higher power? There's just kind of this divine higher, I don't know, you know, it might be kind of like, ooh, the incense is coming in. Yeah, Lord, I don't know, is it Lord or is it, who are you? But I just know you're with me. And I'm centered, and I'm rooted, and I'm grounded, but there's no sense of personal connection. It's more about my own mindfulness. It's more about me and being in the right place. I wonder if some of us have come in, and, and, and the Jesus that we talk about is more of a nameless, faceless God. How about Jesus, the too-busy CEO? A full plate. He's got important decisions to make, problems to solve, and a long line of people that are trying to get his attention, that are trying to talk to him, and, and, and you are feeling like you're in the back of that line with your requests, with your situation, wondering, am Am I going to be able to get his attention? He's too busy for me. I wonder if you're here this morning with that Jesus in a box, limiting him, putting a container around him. What about Jesus in a, a, the genie in a bottle? This is the Jesus that we let him out of the bottle to help us. We want his help. But we put him right back in as soon as he asks something from us that might stretch us, that might grow us, that might teach us a new way of living that causes us to go, oh, I'm not so sure. And some of us this morning have come to, to church. And the Jesus that we are experiencing is the Jesus who's the genie in the bottle. I got one more. And this is the one that may be most real for the most of you. It's Jesus, the demanding coach. He has impossible expectations for you. And I don't know if you can meet him. <laughs> what do we got here? Bunch of people feeling pretty good about themselves for carrying their carcasses out of bed to get to church on Easter. Boy, you guys are regular Mother Teresa's out there, aren't you? You're all getting a trophy. I got some news for you. None of you is getting a trophy. You're not good enough. You're not fast enough. You're not strong enough. You're not spiritual enough. Oh, I know you. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. No, you're not. You got a fine collection of Pinot Noir for a spiritual person. <laughs> you're not enough. Oh, I'm into spiritual formation. No, you're not. <laughs> we called that discipleship when I was a kid. <laughs> and you sucked at that then. In Ireland. <laughs> really, John? The Raiders? Why don't you just pray to the devil himself? <laughs> Not getting it done. Oh. 
and now I'm going to try and speak to you. <laughs> ah, that Easter story. Th hey, let's thank Scott Lasea and Ryan DiGiulio. Thank you, guys. So this Easter story that Jeff read for us out of John's Gospel, chapter 20, it's the story of Mary, it's the story of the disciples, it's the story of Jesus who has conquered death. And here's what I want, this is kind of the way I framed uh, my comments this morning. Easter changes everything for three types of people. Easter changes everything for three types of people that we find in the story. The first one is found in verse 11, and it's the sad. Easter changes everything for those of you that weep, that are crying. The real world, your real world, includes tears and sadness. And the Easter story, we read it in this passage, it includes Mary crying, weeping, grieving. Jesus, her close friend, has died, and now Jesus shows up. And you learn something about God in his response to her. So if you read the text, it says, Hey, Mary, save the drama for your mama, you big baby. No, it doesn't say that. That's not what God's like. He doesn't tell her to quit overreacting. Are you kidding me? What are you crying about again? You're so sensitive, overly sensitive, Mary. That is not what we read in the scriptures. He comes with empathy. He comes with care. He comes with concern. He comes with curiosity. He's leaning into the relationship. He wants Mary to feel and know that she's loved. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Psalm 56, verse 8. This is a verse worth, worth underlining in your Bible. The psalmist writes this about God. You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. What does that mean? It means your tears matter to God. The sadness that you're carrying, whatever it is you're grieving, the loss of a loved one maybe, the loss of a job, the loss of a promotion, the loss of a relationship or a marriage, a broken and lost relationship with an adult child. I don't know what it is, but Jesus does. And his response to Mary is informative for you and for me. Our tears matter. He sees you, he knows you, and he knows your story, and he comes close. He comes close with compassion, with care, with curiosity. Frederick Buechner, one of my uh, authors that I read a lot of, I love, love his insights, he writes this. I think we have it on the screen. He says, Whenever you find tears in your eyes, especially unexpected tears, it is well to pay the closest attention. They're not only telling you something about the secret of who you are, but more often than not, God is speaking to you 
through them of the mystery of where you have come from and is summoning you to where if your soul is to be saved, you should go next. What's he saying? Listen, pay attention to your tears, your sadness, your mourning, your grieving. Pay attention. God is speaking to you in your tears. Easter changes everything for those of you that are sad. Here's the second reflection. It's the scared. It's not just the sad, it's the scared. Those of you that are living crippled, paralyzed by fear, the disciples, verse 19, they're locked in a room. They're hiding in fear, in fear of being caught, found out. The Jewish leaders, you're his disciples. And so now they're hiding behind closed doors, locked doors. Fear's real. It's a real part of the Easter story. Fear's a real part of your story and my story. Maybe I could just pause and ask you, what is a fear that you're carrying? That you're maybe locked up, walled up, behind closed doors, not going to let anybody know that I'm scared about my future, about my children, about my aging parents, about you fill in the blank. What's the fear? I want you to notice again that Jesus, the story tells us he entered that room. Locked doors, he, the risen Christ, enters that room And who's in that room? It's his closest friends. Now, you may not be familiar with the story, but the last few days, a lot went on in Jesus' life. He was arrested. He was tortured, flogged, spit on, punched in the face. They tugged on his beard. They humiliated him. And his closest friends during that time betrayed him, doubted him, denied him, deserted him, abandoned him, and now he shows up in that room with those great friends. And what's his response? This is going to teach us and reveal to us what is God really like. And so he comes into the room, not with condemnation, you pathetic disciples. Not what he does. You loser friends. I can't count on you. It's not what he does. What is his response? He doesn't come with condemnation. He comes with compassion. Now you just missed that. The living God, the Lord God Almighty in our failures comes to us not pointing the finger, not the demanding coach with his whistle, he comes not to get revenge, but to restore us. Not to withhold his love. You got to prove it. 
If you prove it, then I'll, I'll extend love. No, he extends his love before they prove anything. He doesn't withhold his love. Some of us operate that this way, right? We withhold love. When people misbehave, our kids, our spouse, our friends, we're like, oh, no, I'm out. Silent treatment. We accept, not Jesus, not the living God. He's leaning in with compassion, extending love, a love without limits. That's the good news of the New Testament. There is this power of being with, and that's what Jesus does. He shows up to be with them when they're wrapped up and paralyzed and crippled by fear, and that's what I want you to hear, the power of with. You understand the power of with. When, some, when you're afraid and you're gonna do something, maybe it's an interview and you're scared and you want somebody to come with you, it's a hard conversation. You want some. I remember, you know, I, I've actually had the privilege to swim Alcatraz, that Alcatraz swim twice. But both times, I was so overwhelmed with fear that I had some friends, some of you right out here, I see, I, I, I see you in the audience, that said, I'll swim with you. Josh Hayes was one of them right there, second row. I was like, let's just promise we're going to stay together the whole time, all right? I know you're faster than me. I know you can do it. And I got to tell you, it made all the difference. There is a peace that comes over you when you have a person with you. Psalm 23, though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for what? You are with me. God is with us. God is with you. Whatever fear right now that you're staring straight at, and it's hurting you, it's crippling you, it's sabotaging your joy, it's sucking the life out of you, it's punch, punching you in the gut. Easter says to those that are scared, peace, peace, I'm with you. I'm with you. Look at John 14. <clears throat> and this was on the night before his crucifixion. Jesus said to his friends, his disciples, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Stop. The peace that Jesus gives is a peace you're not going to get out there. That's what he's saying. So don't be troubled or what? Afraid. Don't be troubled. You don't have to be locked up in fear. Overwhelmed by it. Jesus says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Whatever your journey that you're in right now, season you're in, challenge you're facing, Jesus says, peace. He proclaims peace over you. If, if you and I will open ourselves to him, if we'll receive that peace, he said it's a gift. You know, you have to receive a gift. Have you ever given somebody a gift and then you went over to their house and they didn't even open it, right? You have to open the gift. You have to receive the gift of peace. Jesus says, I want to come in and be in, in your life, those of you that are scared, those of you that are sad. And then there's a third group here this morning. It's the scarred, the scarred. Verse 20, Jesus shows them the holes in his hands from the crucifixion and, and the hole in his side. It was the scars of Jesus 
The Easter story includes scars. And, and so does your story. And they don't have to be scars on your body. I mean, I, I, I got this scar right here. Hockey school, Nelson, British Columbia. 12 stitches. They said, you can't get back on the ice until the stitches are out. So I took the stitches out and wrapped it up and said, I'm ready to go. That's why this, I, it was only 12 stitches, but the scars like this big, man. I was just like, but the scars of Easter aren't the scars that you can see on your body. They're the scars on your heart. I went on a river raft trip years ago on the Chattooga River, and in the, in the little river guide store, I saw this quote, I loved it. It says, scars are tattoos with better stories. <laughs> scars are tattoos with better stories. And so notice, in the body of Jesus, he's still carrying the scars from his crucifixion. The scars that point to evil, darkness, sin, suffering that he endured for us. And if God can bring new life and healing from the scars and the suffering and the darkness that Jesus experienced, he can do the same for you. He can do the same for me. In fact, notice that his scars bring healing. He's a wounded healer. He's been healed of his wounds, but now he's healing us. Isaiah 53, verse 5, he took the punishment and that made us whole. There's a spiritual truth there. He took our punishment and that made us whole. Through his scars or his wounds, we get healed. That's the good news of Easter. And you and I have scars that are crippling us. And this is where it gets a little heavy if you're willing to go there. But there's not a person in this room that doesn't have emotional scars from experiences, whether it be your childhood, whether it be at work as a young adult, whether it be through... I mean, you fill in the blank, being bullied on the playground, being bullied at work, being bullied in the family from a parent or a grandparent, love withheld, trauma all over this room that we can't see, I can't see, but you feel it, and I feel it. And the good news of the gospel is just like Jesus, our scars can be transformed into sacred scars that Jesus uses to help others find healing. Did you know that? Your current pain can be your future ministry, your future story that helps others. Let me just read this quote from Father Richard Rohr. I love his writings. I know I got my critics. How could you quote Richard Rohr? Well, because I like not everything he says, but I like a lot of what he says, and that'll tell you a little bit about me. I don't agree with every author that I read, 
But when I see something that speaks truth to me, I soak in it, I simmer in it, I reflect on it. Here's what he says. If we cannot find a way to make our wounds into sacred wounds, we'll invariably become what? Cynical, negative, or bitter. So just push pause. If you're here this morning, and in here is a spirit that's cynical, negative, carrying a lot of bitterness, He's going to say, the meaning of this quote is, there's some wounds in there that God wants to treat, wants to heal this Easter, wants to bring his love into that, wants to bring his peace into that, wants to bring his compassion into that. And again, I don't know if that has come to you through a parent or a boss or a coach or kids on the playground, but I do want you to know some of you grew up with the message in one way or another that you're not worth it. You're not worth the trouble. You're not worth the effort. You're not worth the time. And you have, have experienced neglect, abandonment, love withheld. And the good news of Easter, love winning is you are so worth it. That's the truth of what the scripture says. That's the truth of the Bible. That's, that's getting Jesus outside the box. Whatever box you've put him in, the good news of Easter is whether you're sad, scared, or scarred, Jesus comes to us this Easter and says, you are worth it. Don't believe the lies that you've heard about what you're not, that you don't measure up, that you don't have what it takes, that you're not wanted, that you're not worth it. I'm going to close with this ad that I saw this week. It was spotlighting fake knockoff shoes, jewelry, watches, purses. And it said this, in a world of fake, in a world of fake, in a world of fake, everyone deserves real. Everyone deserves real. eBay. <laughs> Easter is real. Easter is real. These boxes, these are the knockoffs all the descriptions that we read and acted out, those are the knockoffs. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible has conquered death. He's all-powerful. He's all-loving. He's full of compassion. And this Easter, he comes to you, and he says to you, you are so worth it. Whatever story you've been listening to or telling yourself that you're not worth it, that you're not valued, that you're not important, it's a lie. And this Easter, I hope that you'll change or exchange that lie for the truth of who God is. So let me have the band come up. You were given a card when you walked in with a little pencil. Why don't you grab that right now? And I want you to think about when you walked in here this morning... What's the box 
What's the container that you've put Jesus in? What's that distorted image? The old grandpa, the drinking buddy who's non-judgmental. You can do whatever you want. It's all good. Maybe it's the CEO. He's too busy for you. It's the Jesus who's in a bottle. He's the genie. And you let him out and you cry out for help, but then as soon as he wants something from you, you put him back in. What is the image that you have? Maybe it is the demanding coach that you're never good enough. I was told earlier this morning from a friend here, you know, I grew up, I used to think I could only be forgiven on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday for me, that was the day you got forgiveness. No other day of the year, just Easter. Maybe that's you. That's not the truth of who God is, the God of compassion, forgiveness, love, unfailing love. And so what we're going to do is, Casey, we're going to have a song. I want you to reflect on it. On that card, I want you to write on it. I want you to write on that card. What's the distorted image of Jesus that you carry in you? And then what we're going to ask you to do after the song, I'm actually going to come back up here, and we're going to ask you to come forward and just put it in a box. Put it back in the box. Whatever that, put it back in the box and then grab a card. What, what is it that God wants to say to you about who he truly is this Easter? And there's a lot of different things on these cards and verses that are a gift to you. And we're asking you to trust the spirit of God that the card you pick is the card you need to be reminded of, of the truth of who God is this Easter. So I want you to reflect as we hear this song and just write on your card that distorted image, then come put that back in the box and grab a card, but we'll do that in the closing song. Is that... Beyond what I could dream. 
doing it. I'm going to invite you to stand and just keep keep coming forward as you feel led. And we just want to declare that our God is alive today. He is the living God. We do believe that he is alive and breathing and speaking and moving in our midst right here, right now. So let's sing that truth together. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hold that card close to your heart this week. Maybe even memorize whatever that verse is. It's for you. We trust, we believe that the Spirit of God appointed whatever card you picked. It's for you, for your life, for your situation. And uh, it's the truth of who God is in your life in this time. Thank you for joining us this Easter Sunday. We do have, if any of you are like, hey, I've never been baptized, would love to be baptized, next weekend we are going to have a baptism service after church. Now, if somebody in here is going, dude, I want to get baptized today, we actually have somebody being baptized after the second service. You want to, you want to go get a little swimsuit on or whatever you want, and you want to get baptized, come, go home, come back, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, celebrate new life with you. If that's something that you want to do, we're going to have a baptism after the second service. We say this every week, and we mean it. God is good. All the time. All the time. He's bigger and he's better, and he's closer than you and I think. Let's go in that spirit, drawing close to him, knowing he's close to us. Happy Easter. God bless you. We'll see you outside in the courtyard for the party. Amazing.